0: Let's look in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 6. I'll ask you to stand this morning. Nehemiah chapter 6. Uh, look in one verse. Now I'm going to read one verse for the sake of time. got a lot to cover today. and uh, So if you'll listen fast, I don't know if I'll preach fast, but if you'll listen fast, maybe we'll get done quicker. I don't know. But let's look in Nehemiah chapter 6. Now look in verse 15. The Bible says, so the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month of Elah in fifty and two days. And you can be seated. Lord, we come to you today. We uh, thank you for another opportunity that we have to come to stand and preach. Uh, we thank you for another opportunity that we have just to come to church. To have the health and to have the ability to come. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the love that you have gave us. Just as that song talked about. Uh, how good you certainly have been to us. my Lord, it is preaching time. And we certainly, certainly stand in need of you this morning. I believe this to be the message for the hour. And Lord, we want to preach what you've gave us. Nothing more, nothing less that folk might find help that need help, find encouragement The folk need to come and get right maybe draw close you said that if they draw nigh you draw nigh to them Lord again there may be somebody here that's lost that needs to get saved I pray they'd come and get saved this morning I pray that you would encourage us now I pray Lord that not only would we leave out of here different than what we come in but that we would leave better and we want to thank you for it. I pray that the Holy Spirit might have good liberty to move in folks' hearts and help folks to be very attentive to the word of God this morning. We'll tell you again that we love you. Thank you for Calvary. I ask you to save that sinner's tale for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Uh, when we look in the book of Nehemiah, that book, especially at the first part, the uh, first chapters deals uh, with Nehemiah going back and rebuilding the walls uh, that were tore down in Jerusalem. You got to understand the children of Israel's being carried away, and that the Jews have been carried away uh, unto Babylon. They have spent time in Babylon. They have now had the opportunity uh, to go back, and uh, so Nehemiah. He was, if you look at the first part of the chapter one, I believe you'll find out that he is the king's cupbearer. Uh, He is kind of a statesman, if you'd let me say that. and uh, He hears of how Jerusalem is laid in waste, and he wants to go back and rebuild those walls, and he got the king to uh, let him go back. Uh, And so he goes back, and he looks at all the rubbish, he looks at all the work that is in front of him, Uh, and and the Bible said in Nehemiah chapter 4, And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens uh, is decayed, and there is much rubbish, uh, so that we are not able to build the wall. Uh, They've seen everything. When when Nebuchadnezzar came in and destroyed Jerusalem, uh, he tore it down, he burned it down, and and here lays a city that is in waste, uh, and got some folk there now, and they're wanting to rebuild these walls. Uh, and the Bible said just in Nehemiah 4, you can go back and look, it talks about how the people had to mind, the work, but yet in, in just a few verses later they've seen everything that was in front of them uh, uh, and their strength was decayed. Let me ask you this. Have you ever looked at the work that was in front of you for the work of God uh, uh, and you were excited about it and you wanted to do it and you had a mind to work? But boy, when you really surveyed the situation, uh, this was a big undertaking. I mean, it was a big undertaking. And here stands Nehemiah, and he had spent three or four days out there. If you go back and you look, and you'll find that that Nehemiah, he didn't tell anybody what was going on. He just had in his mind to rebuild these walls. And finally, he shared with them what he wanted to do. And they set out to build the walls. Well, in the midst of them starting to build the walls, you'll find out that the adversary showed up man by the name of Sanballat and Tobiah uh, and all those others that wanted to hinder the work of God uh, and even threatened to fight them uh, and kill them and stop the work. uh, uh, So you'll find that they got ready uh, and that to fight. Now I'm going to tell you something this morning. The adversary wants to stop your work. Whatever you're doing for Christ Jesus, whether it is raising your home right, running your home right, whether it is uh, witnessing, whatever you are doing for the Lord, uh, He wants to stop you. And you need to grab a hold of that, that there is an adversary uh, out there. Now if you study Nehemiah, you'll find out that he prayed and prayed. Nehemiah done a lot of praying. Would God, mean? you you learn how to pray. Amen. You say, preacher, I know how to pray. That's good. Then you keep praying. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, there's just sometimes, uh, and more of a lot of times than sometimes, that uh, uh, we need to bathe these things uh, in prayer. Amen. Say, God, I need some help right here. I, I need some direction right here. I need some strength right here uh, to help. Uh, uh, and so you'll find uh, uh, that what happens in verse 6 or chapter 6, uh, by the time we come to verse 15, uh, the war was finished uh, in 52 days. They tried to hinder the work. They tried to stop the work. They even got to the point to where they told Nehemiah, the adversary did, said, why don't you just come down and meet with us and let's talk about this thing. And Nehemiah said, the work is too great for me to come down. Boy, I'm telling you, it's too great for us to stop the work. And in 52 days, they built the wall. Done that pretty quick, didn't they? Done the will of God and got the will of God done uh, uh, pretty quick. But then I want you to take your Bible and I read Nehemiah. I should have told you I ain't going to preach out Nehemiah this morning. I want to preach out the book of Ezra. Just back up one book. Back up one book from the book of Nehemiah and you'll find the book of Ezra. Now there's roughly 90 years that lays between Ezra's time and Nehemiah's time. And and you'll find that Ezra is there to rebuild the temple and institute worship in Jerusalem after Babylonian captivity. So they built the walls some 90 years uh, uh, in 52 days. But we come to the time right here that they're going to build the temple and something happens. I want to preach this morning on when the will will and the work of God takes a while. They built the walls in 52 days. They done that pretty quick, didn't they? But I'm going to tell you, there's some work that you set out on that it takes a while to get it done. There's some work that if you're not careful uh, in the midst of that work that you get weary in well doing uh, and you will quit just like we're going to find out that the children of Israel did. You're going to learn it when we get into this thing. Yeah, they got hindered uh, uh, and they're told to stop in building the temple and they do, but somewhere in that they just give up on it. It's easy for us to get hindered. It's easy for us to look at all, all the problems and say we can't do that, and maybe we can, but I do no one that can. Amen. Won't you look with me in Ezra chapter one and look in verse one? Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up in the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is there among you of his people. His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Now you need to understand what's going on right here. God has moved up on the heart of a Gentile king to go build him a house. God has moved and done things that listen he not only moved on Cyrus's heart uh, but he said by the mouth of Jeremiah Jeremiah had prophesied uh, uh, that this was going to happen he prophesied uh, uh, that they were going to come back and you know if you go read the book of Isaiah uh, you'll find out in Isaiah chapter 44 uh, uh, that he prophesied some 176 years uh, uh, prior to Ezra and he said thus saith of Cyrus uh, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure uh, even saying to Jerusalem thou shalt be built uh, and to the temple thy foundation uh, shall be laid so you know some hundred seventy five some hundred seventy six years uh, uh, prior to Ezra prior to all this God had already prophesied that King Cyrus I uh, uh, was going to do all this uh, and rebuild the temple so number one uh, it was the will of God uh, that the temple be rebuilt. You ever, you ever wondered some things about what's going on in your life and about what God wants out of your life and you wonder, is this really the will of God? I've talked to people after people after people uh, and they say, I really don't know if it's me or I don't know if it's what God wants. I, I, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. I, I pray about it. Amen. Pray about it. And I learned this from an old deacon friend of mine. I, uh, he said, Mark, he said, I just go till I hear the word stop. And I think that's a pretty good thing to live by, amen. When it comes to dealing with the work of God in my life, I, and in this church, I, I go till God says, Stop. That's what you need to do. You, if you, Hey, listen, I, I ain't saying go out on a whim. I, I ain't saying not to bathe it in prayer. I'm saying pray about it. I, I seek God and then go, amen. And it was God's will uh, for them to rebuild the temple he not only prophesied it by Jeremiah, he prophesied it by Isaiah uh, some 176 years. uh, And so the king moves uh, to have the temple built. As a matter of fact, he gives them freedom to go back to Jerusalem uh, and rebuild the temple. You read later on in chapter 1, and it says, Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and put them in the house of his gods. Even those did Cyrus king of Persia bring forth by the hand uh, of Mithridat, uh, the treasurer, and numbered them under uh, the the prince of Judah. He sent all those things uh, back to Judah. He sent all those things back to Jerusalem to have worship uh, in the house of God. So you find that they collected gold, they collected silver, they collected precious things. And they got ready for the work of God. They got ready to go. And then if you read in chapter 3, chapter 2 tells us all the people that went. By the way, this is a little different preaching than usual, by the way. We're going to look at a lot of scripture. I'm going to refer to a lot of scripture. So you might want to write them down or stay with me. I know it's just a little different than usual. Chapter 2 has to deal deal with everybody that went back. You can read all these names of the families. that. Uh, now these are the children of the province uh, that went up of the captivities, of those that had been carried away. and So they go back uh, uh, and that toward Jerusalem, toward Judea, uh, and they're going to go back and they're going to start serving the Lord. So number one, it was the will of God for them to do this. What is the will of God for your life? What is the will of God? How, what did he, so what did the Apostle Paul say at one time? Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is. He talks about knowing what the will of God is for your life. What is the will of God for your life? Seriously, what is the will of God for your life? What does God want you to do? Now there's a will for all of us. I mean, it is, it is His will for us to live right, be right. It is His will to witness. I, every one of us sort of, let our light shine. It's His will. But what does God want you to do? You say, preacher, I'm doing right. You know, some, some, the will of God for some people is to go to work every day uh, and raise their family right, uh, uh, treat their wife right, their husband right, raise their children right, come to church and be faithful in church uh, and be a good witness where they live at. That is the will of God for some people. So you get evangelists that come through and they want to call everybody to preach and every wife to be a preacher's wife or missionary's wife or something. That ain't how it works, friend. I mean, somebody's got to go work. Amen. somebody got to make some money. Somebody's got to pay the way. So, said, well, God will pay the way. Yeah, He wants you to pay the way, Amen. I'm like Brother Mays Jackson when they take up his offer. When Brother Jackson would get done preaching, he'd say, sing any song. But Jesus paid it all. Y'all will catch on to that here in a minute. Amen. (laughs) That's a good song too. Amen. I understood what he was saying. But listen this morning. What is the will of God for your life? You say, I'm doing it. Then keep doing it. If you're where you need to be with God, then you keep on serving where you need to be serving at. But you keep doing what you need to be doing. But notice right here, God had a plan. God had a plan for the children of Israel and that was to go build that temple. So he begins to make a way. He laid it on the king's heart to open the door. Don't you love it when God opens the door to do what he wants you to do for him? Amen. Amen. It took more than one to go get the job started. You look in chapter 2, there's a whole bunch of people went to do the work. So number two, God, that was God's will, but then they got started on God's will. Verse one of chapter three, and when the seventh month was come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. And then stood up Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. Uh, and his brethren, and builded the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon its basis, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries, and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings, morning and evening. And they kept also the Feast of Tabernacles that is written and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required. And you'll find, and you can go on and read the rest of that, and you'll find they, they're getting started in what they needed to do. me ask you, if you got started in what you need to do. They, now, they're not building the temple yet. They've not got there yet, and that's what King Cyrus uh, had commanded was to go build that temple, but they needed to go get started. You know, it's an exciting time to start something, ain't it? I mean, especially for the Lord. I I mean, we get excited. I mean, we look and we say, boy, that's a great work. And uh, we're full of faith and we're full of excitement and we've got zeal. And we're ready to go. And all these people have went. And all these people are going to work. And all these people are going to do. And everybody's behind you to go do that work, ain't they? It's exciting. I like to start new things. My daddy always had a say in growing up. He said, well, we've got, he said, we're half done. What do you mean we're half done? Well, we got started. So all we like is finishing. So we're half done. I think a lot of people like starting something, but I ain't so sure about seeing it through sometimes. I preached on that not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, on I mean to see it through. I'm going to tell you, that ought to be, that ought to be the mindset that we have, if we are sure that something uh, uh, is the will of God in our life, then we ought to just get ready and go. So the king moves, they've got freedom, uh, he sends those vessels, they go, people have wind, uh, uh, and they build the altar, they're keeping the feast uh, of the sacrifice, uh, uh, and then you look right here, let's see if we can find it, uh, uh, in verse 6, from the first day of the seventh month, uh, Began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple uh, uh, of the Lord was not yet laid. So they've not started that work yet. But you come on down and you'll find in verse 8, Now in the second year of their coming of the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Began Jeruboam, the son of Shealtel, and Jeshua, uh, the son of Josadak and the remnant of their brethren, uh, the priests, and the Levites, and all All they that were come out of the captivity in Jerusalem and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forth the work of the house of the Lord. So now, they're getting ready. They've been there. They've started the second year. they began to get things set in motion. And I understand, and this is my problem. When I start something, I want to start it and finish it all within the first day. That's just me. I can remember when, when when we used to travel uh, uh, and go, and me and Kelly used to travel a little more than we do now that we've got older, uh, but, but I remember when we used to, even if I was just going to Knoxville, I wanted to see how fast I could get there. I mean, man, I'd start a spin and stop a sliding. I mean, that's how it was. Now if I just get there, I'm happy. Amen. I'm just telling you, I'm just happy to get there. I don't care. Hey, we come out of Florida here, what was it, a few years ago, and what should have been an eight-hour ride took us 13 hours. Say, what happened, preacher? We didn't get in no hurry. Amen. You know, there's times to get in a hurry and sometimes there's just times to not get in a hurry. And the same thing pays off in the work and the will of God. Just keep working at it. Sometimes you just got to keep working at it. And what these fellows done right here in the second year, they, they finally decided, or however it's going to work out, they decided they were going to start laying, they, they built the altar, they uh, they've got the, the, the institution of worship started, which was very important, by the way. And so here they are. So you find in verse 8, they begin to lay things out. And in verse 10, the Bible said, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang uh, by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, let me stop right here before I go any further. The foundation is laid. The house is not built. The foundation is laid they've got started. They've got worship instituted. Uh, They've started their sacrifices. They're keeping the feast. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But now they lay the foundation of the Lord and it was an exciting time. They're praising the Lord. They're shouting. Uh, And in verse 12, but many of the priests and the Levites and the chief fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of the house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice and many shouted for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people for the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. Some of them shouted for joy and some of them was weeping for sadness because they'd seen the old house. We like it now a lot of times when we preach out that scripture like some of you sitting in here can remember what church used to be. You can remember when church was full. You can remember when folk loved their neighbor. You remember when folk had that charity that Brother Jeff told I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying you can remember that time. When, uh, you can remember that time when that's how it was. Everybody went to church. It seemed like everybody had a love for God. But it ain't that way now, friend. You can't go into any Baptist church and expect to get sound doctrine. Amen. you get let down on that part. we used to live right and do right and think right. Even sinners had morals. But boy, that ain't true now. But now here you look. And so they have got the foundation of the house of God laid. They've got it it started. And everybody is excited. And they should be. And they're worshiping. And they're praising the Lord. And they should do that. But look in chapter 4 of the book of Nehemiah. Notice what happens. Number 3. The adversary shows up. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of captivity builded the temple under the Lord God of Israel. Why is it that the adversary always shows up? I mean the adversary showed up in the days of Nehemiah and wanted to stop the work of the building of the walls, didn't they? Tobiah and Sanballat. I'm going to tell you, anytime you set out to serve God, and I mean, you're going to sell out on that thing. The adversary's coming. I mean, you need to understand that. He's coming. And uh, uh, in, be- in his best way, uh, he's going to try to stop you uh, uh, in doing what you need to do. I didn't say it had to stop you. I just said he's going to try to stop you. You need to get a hold of that. He's going to try to stop you. Hey, listen, and the very first thing that the adversary wanted to do, he didn't necessarily want to stop him from building. He just wanted to join in. I mean, look right there, verse 2. Then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Eshaddon, uh, king of Asher, uh, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel Israel, said to them, Ye have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. You ain't going to be part of us, you ain't us the first thing the adversary is going to want to do is take part in your work. He wants to say in your work, he wants to help you in your work, if I could say that that way. But what he's really out to do is to hinder your work and destroy your work. The Apostle Paul said in the book of 1 Thessalonians over there to the church at Thessalonica, he said, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Paul said, I would have come, but Satan hindered me. I could not get there. I could not get it done. That's what he wants to do. And let me say this, if he can work from the inside out, listen at me now, if he can work from the inside out, that's better from the outside in. Where do you think Satan would rather fight us at? Out there or in here? Well, in here. He would far rather fight us in here. He can destroy us a lot quicker in here than he can out there. Amen. You know, he done that with the early church over there. Satan tried to destroy the early church under persecution. Uh, and I mean, and the, more he, the more he would just try to stomp that fire out and stomp on that fire, the embers would just spread out and go as far as they could. So he figured out to join from the inside. Boy, if he can get in with you, he'll try his best to stop you the best that he can. And that's what the adversary wanted to do right here. Now, I'm talking about the will and the work of God in your life. Nehemiah, they built the walls in 52 days. They went back and they have restored worship. They're in the second year of being in Jerusalem now. And they're just now laying the foundation of the house. They're excited. They start laying the foundation. And here comes the adversary. Whether it's you personally or me personally and my work for God, or whether it is this church and our work for Him, don't be surprised when the adversary shows up. Don't be surprised. You better be careful. You better be careful with people. I would make sure that my spirit bears witness with there. I would pray, pray, pray like Nehemiah did. But you know, these boys didn't even take time to pray right here. They said, no, you ain't going to help us." You know, there's just sometimes you don't have to pray. That's right. There's sometimes you already know the answer. You don't have to pray. know, you Hey, you're just going to have to take a stand and move on. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. So I want you to notice what happened in verse 4. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So what did he do? What did they do? They hindered the work of God. They could not do it from the inside so they began to do it from the outside. They began to weaken their hand. Does not tell them what they done. And it began to trouble them in the building. I don't know what they done. I remember uh, when Brother Lou McKinney was in Ecuador. Uh, and, and they had property on one uh, out here. And they had an easement on a road uh, uh, going to their property. Uh, and, and there was a man in Ecuador that did not like them. That obviously did not like Christians. Uh, and they were back there building a camp trying to build part of the church. Uh, uh, and that fellow took his truck or tractor or something and blocked that road. Just block the road. Why? To hinder the work of God. Hinder the work of God. That's what they want to do. That's I mean, you look in 1 Timothy, is it First Timothy, or Second Timothy 3, where he talks about the uh, despisers of those that are good. There's some people just going to hate you because you're trying to do good and do right. That's the bottom line. They don't know you. They don't know God, but they know that they're not like you and there's something on the inside of them from the adversary that they hate you. And that's the devil, by the way. So the adversary, they began to hinder the word. They began to trouble the word. They had counselors against them to frustrate their work. But then you know what they done next? They, they, wrote, they, wrote, a, uh, they, they uh, wrote a letter in, in verse 7... In verses 6, 7 and going all the way through and that over into round 23. And they wrote a letter to King Artaxerxes and said you need to look up uh, uh, what Israel's done, what Jerusalem's done in the past, how it was a rebellious city, uh, how they turned on other kings uh, uh, and said if you continue to let them build uh, uh, this temple over here, they'll do the same thing again. So you know what King Artaxerxes did? He did. He looked back through the records and he found out. He found out exactly. He said, verse 19, And I commanded, and search had been made. And it is found that this city of old time had made insurrection against kings, and that rebellion and sedition have, have been made therein. There have been many mighty kings also over Jerusalem, which have ruled over all countries beyond the river, and told tribute and custom was paid unto them. Give you now a commandment uh, to cause these, cause these men to cease, and that this city be not builded until another commandment shall be given from me. King Artaxerxes sent back to Jerusalem. To the, to the adversary and said, you tell them I said to stop. Look in verse 24. Then ceased the work of the house of God which is at Jerusalem, so it ceased under the second year of the reign of Darius king of Persia. Ezra chapter 1 said, that God had prophesied by King Cyrus that the house of God would be built. So it's the will of God for it to be built, ain't it? Y'all see where I'm going with this yet? Some of you ain't got it yet, have you? Some of you have. They started. It got hindered. But then it got stopped. But preacher, wasn't it the will of God for it to be built? Yep. But it got stopped? Yep. Yep. Sometimes things don't get built in 52 days. Sometimes the will and the work of God does not get completed in 52 days. I believe between chapters 4 and chapters 5, where we get back to building the house of God, has roughly been about 15 years. The adversary shows up, stops the building. He's a oh, Preacher, I'd build it anyway. I would have built, no matter what, I'd have done it, no matter what the king said. Okay. Then I'll give you a King James Bible and let you go to China, North Korea, and stand out there in the middle of their street and you hold it up and you begin to preach and you begin to witness and you tell me what they're going to do to you. Now think about that for just a second. We, we are spoiled and ruined, weren't? By living here, and I thank God for where I'm at. We have every opportunity to witness, to folk, and tell others about Christ Jesus the Lord. We have every opportunity to do that, but what do we do with it here? Well, if somebody told me I couldn't do it, I'd do it. Well, are you doing it when somebody tells you you can't do it? Oh, ain't that a good question? What are we doing with the freedom that we have today? What are we doing with the freedom that God has allowed us to have uh, uh, as Americans today to be able to go out and witness freely uh, uh, and I mean without having to even worry about anything? God knew they were going to stop at work. God knew that was going to come to an end or come to a halt for just a little bit. But something happens between chapter 4 and chapter 5. How do you know that? Well, when we begin to read in chapter 5, God begins to move again. Or God moves again. Notice in verse one, then the prophets Haggai, the prophet, uh, uh, and uh, the prophets, then the prophets Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Iddo uh, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, even unto them. And then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua, the son of Joseph, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God to help them. Take your Bible and go to the book of Haggai. Go to the book of Haggai. Just a two chapter little old book. Over in the minor, what we call the minor prophets. Just, if you find Zephaniah, you found it. And if you find Zechariah, you found it. It's between the two Z's. But go to the book of Haggai. And you know what Haggai deals with? He deals with the very fact that they had quit building... But they never went back to build it. You see, we may get held up by the adversary. Things may not be built in fifty-two days. Things may not go as easy as we want them to go. We may have to uh, halt for a little bit and look at what's going on uh, and survey the situation. But somewhere, somewhere, they just left off. Us. I know this is a little different this morning. Look in, look in Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel the son of Shiltai, uh, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. So now the people have changed their mind. They were excited in the book of Ezra. Everybody got to go. They were going to build. They built the altar. They were worshiping. They were excited. But now they're saying, the time has not come. Verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye that dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore thus saith the Lord, Consider ye waste. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. Uh, And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider ye ways. He said, some of you need to look at what's going on around you. You've built everything else. He said, you're dwelling in sealed houses. You've got your house done. You've got all you wanted done. You're doing your will and your work, uh, but what are you doing about mine? What are you doing about the work of God? How much time do you spend in the will and the work of God? What about your will and your work? What about what you want to do? How much does it take precedent over doing the work of God? Ain't that a good question? He said in verse 8 in the book of Haggai, Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. He said, if you'll just go do what I've told you to do, he said, I will take pleasure in it and be glorified. I don't know what has happened from the time of King Artaxerxes till now. But somewhere in that time they could have went back and built the house of God but they chose not to. They could have went back and they could have worked but they did not. And so here they sat. And you know they had to walk by that thing and see it. They got the foundation laid. Reckon weeds had grown up in it. There's nothing worse than to look at a house that's been started and the foundation has got laid. And man, there's nothing, there's nothing there. We go to my grandmother's yard uh, once a week. And out there, my grandmother lives in an old subdivision out in Sweetwater. Uh, she's got more, I live in the country and she's got more privacy in her subdivision than me and Kelly does, you know. And but there's somebody started a house out there two or three years ago. And as far as they've got it now, they've got the block laid. And that's it. That's all they've got. That old place still looks rough. I mean there's still a, I mean there's no yard sold, there's no building built, there's nothing. I mean, it, it's just scrubland. I mean, it just looks rough. Imagine them just had to go by and look at that foundation that's been laid. They were excited when they laid the foundation. You remember that? But now what are they doing? Now what are they doing? Nothing. They worked on their stuff. You look in chapter 5 of Ezra and they go back to building. And somebody comes along the governor over there and he sees what's going on so he writes to King Darius. And he says let a search be made because they're telling me Darius that that King Cyrus said they could build. So why don't you look and see. Okay. Okay. So you get to chapter 6, and King Darius, he does look and see. And so we come over here, and he said in verse 7 of chapter 6 of Ezra, he said, let the work of this house of God alone, let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree that ye shall do to the elders of the Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's good, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men that they be not hindered. Well things has changed, ain't it? Well, they went from being hindered to now the king is telling them don't you hinder them and give them what they need to do the work? The yeah, only God can do that. Only God can go from the enemy, from the adversary that's going to hinder you in the work of God to now he is saying, I I don't mess with them, I give them what they need. And and by the way, if you read that, he said, if you do mess with them, we're going to tear your house down, we're going to build a set of gallows and we're going to hang you on it and make your house a dunghill." that's what he said. I mean, King Darius, he said in verse 12, I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. He said, let this get done. So God moves again. Ain't you glad God will move again? Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad when we get a little lazy or if we get weary what was it Galatians 6 and 9 and let's not be weary and well doing for a new season we shall reap if we faint not if we become weary and well doing I'm glad that God will help us in that very fact I want you to look in verse 15 in the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 6 and this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. They got it done. It took them a while. They had to fight. They had to suffer through hindrances. Then they had to suffer through their own quitting. Amen? But God was good. And let them get started again. Now ain't you glad today that God will let you get started again. He tried to get their attention. He said, you're, you're filling up, by, you're putting money in bags that God holds. He said, you're planting and you ain't getting, God, God's been trying to get your attention. What are you doing with that thing? What are you doing with the work and the will of God in your life? Sometimes we don't do it in 52 days. But that don't mean that we have to quit forever when the adversary comes. We just keep going. Let's bow our heads this morning if we would.